0: Welcome to Stories Jesus Told, a podcast of Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Wisconsin. Here
1: is Trinity's Rick Adams and Pastor Carl Anbauer.
0: Hello again, everybody. Rick Adams here, Director of Discipleship at Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt with Senior Pastor Carl Anbauer. Hi, Rick. It's good to be with you again today. It is Wednesday, July 19th. And we find ourselves in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 17. We've been reflecting this week on the parable of the talents. And we find ourselves in a a parable or a, a little excursion that Jesus is taking here that on the surface seems harsh and hard to understand. So as you read it to us, perhaps we can unpack this layer by layer.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Luke chapter seventeen. Jesus said, "Will any one of you who has a servant ploughing or keeping sheep, say to him when he has come in from the field,Come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, 'Prepare supper for me, and dress properly, and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants." we have only done what was our duty
0: in first century culture this wouldn't have been harsh i think jesus was pretty much describing what normal working conditions would have been like for somebody who owned or operated an estate and had people working for him
1: yeah i think i think that the hard part of this for us is that we live in a in a culture where it is assumed that all men are created equal And we assume an upward and downward mobility. That uh, what separates the CEO from the guy who sweeps the floors, is is sort of circumstances and, and effort. But it's not some inherent. The CEO belongs there, and the janitor belongs where he is. That's in our culture. We assume this upward and downward mobility. But in most cultures of the world, and most cultures throughout time, that's not been the case. It's been assumed that you're going to be born into your status in life and you're going to stay there. And that upward and downward mobility is is a, a rare, it's kind of the stuff of fairy tales. It's not not a real life right. reality. So yeah, there's a big distinction between the master and the servant and there are expectations that go along with those two roles that Jesus is, he's assuming they that they agree with uh, his statement here because that's how they see the world working.
0: As I heard you read this text from... Luke 17, 7 to 10, it seems to me that Jesus's purpose is maybe not to teach us as much as in what spirit God is dealing with his servants, but rather in what spirit are we to serve God. Yes.
1: Yeah, this is very much addressed at the, the servant side of this relationship, the attitude the servant is supposed to have. It's not commending the attitude of the master, mm-hmm. although certainly if we assume the master is God, he has the right to all of this and so much more yeah. but but he's not teaching us that well if you run a business this is how you should act and treat your employees he's he's speaking to us about our attitude as servants yeah that we we begin with this attitude that we are unworthy and so we don't expect to be to have special treatment cuz you know today i went and did a good deed or something like right.
0: that right to to somehow be rewarded for any good that we might. Yeah. And because it's really, as we have explained or investigated, researched, concluded through other podcasts, anything that gets accomplished is accomplished through us and not by us. Right. God is the author of all of the change that takes place within Christendom. And so why should we try to receive any type of uh, reward? For for that which we're not even responsible for. Th-
1: yeah, this this gets at it really undercuts all forms of um, self righteousness of, of working your own salvation by your good deeds. The assumption behind any kind of system, and this is the religions of the world, right? The system is always do enough good that you're going to be rewarded. The assumption there is that there's sort of like a baseline like a you know this is neutral and then if you if you go above and beyond you know normal is to feed your family but if you go above and beyond to feed some poor people then you've got some extra credit and this is establishing there is no extra credit that the god the what god has a right to from us is everything it's a well we've touched on the greatest commandments in past podcasts too but love the lord my god with all. All my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength, love my neighbor as I love myself. That that's as high of a standard as there is, and you can't you can't exceed that. You can't you also can't reach it. So we need a savior.
0: My mind goes to Luther's explanation in the first article, when we reflect on God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and all that He does, and actually I'm sorry I think this is in the third article where he uses the phrase um, all this he does without any merit or worthiness in me Mm -hmm. right so we're kind of already emptying ourselves of any right Mm -hmm. to expect a reward because we have no merit or worthiness that resides naturally within us it all comes from without
1: yeah yeah and well you probably don't care all that much about what the theology Luther was up against. But part of what he was up against was called a treasury of merits. Mm -hmm. The idea that the the really good saints had been so good that their extra good works were in this treasury and the Pope could give you an indulgence, draw on that treasury, and then you could benefit or your loved one could benefit. And so Luther's (laughs) like, wait a minute, there's no merit, there's no worthiness, there's nothing in me, right? And we've we've hit that in podcasts too. As if
0: it was some sort of a financial exchange yeah yeah, yeah. but
1: our righteous deeds are as filthy rags. Our righteous deeds, our good ones, are filthy rags. I know we hit that maybe the first week of podcasts, going back.
0: So this these words from Luke 17 are not necessarily permission from Jesus to prospective bosses and business owners out there to treat your employees a certain way. It really, the the lesson for us here is, as servants of Christ, as servants of God, that we, we go about our business in a very faithful and godly way without any expectation. of our, our reward has already been given to us in the sense that we have been brought into the family of God through his grace and mercy.
1: Well, certainly that's true, although I think even, even that's probably maybe a step beyond where the, the parable, um, the first place to apply it, because the application, I think to to me, the place where it starts is just my attitude within which that I, that I have as I serve. To say I'm an unworthy servant, I've I've only done what's my duty, and probably not even that. And to to have this attitude before God of I'm a recipient of His grace. I'm not I'm not earning anything. I'm not impressing anyone. It's just just an opportunity to to be faithful in uh, living out
0: my calling. Right. So that takes me to, you know, I I feel like um, when we think about our rejoice, repent request, I can rejoice in the fact that I have a God who has loved me enough to allow me to work in his kingdom Mm -hmm. and to, as we've mentioned before in previous podcasts, to just be a a means by which he brings uh, grace and mercy to the lives of other people. Mm Mm-hmm. And just to be able to do that is gift enough.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. And and I mean, you know, the the implication of the parable is the servant has done a pretty good job, I guess, of plowing and keeping sheep and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, when in reality, we've we've fallen ridiculously far short of what we were created for in bringing glory to God. Mm-hmm. And so so there's a whole lot of grace implied in just being welcomed back into the into the household. Um, and I also thinking about rejoicing I also am struck by the phrase uh, and afterward you will eat and drink that the master you know he has there is an afterward here you we're serving faithfully but there is a banquet that's prepared too yeah there is there is that day coming
0: and that gets repeated so often in other parables of Jesus and I don't want to ruin the ending <laughs> but that's where our final parable in week nine will be the parable of the banquet. Yeah, um, but you're right. It's an image that comes back again uh, over and over that we will, at one time, mm-hmm. get around that table yeah. with the master. And that's
1: why when we said at the beginning, this is this is not speaking. Some, the focus here is not on the master. The focus is on the servant, right. the attitude of the servant, because this is really not God's attitude towards us. It's not remotely God's attitude towards us. Instead, he went out. He plowed the field. He kept the sheep. He he made the sacrifice for us. He set the table, and he does intend to serve and to make us his guests. It's, it just boggles my mind. And so um, as we kind of start, start when we have the attitude that this parable teaches us, it leaves us marveling at what God has done for us. That What this parable is sort of attacking as far as you know, the, the sin in me is that attitude that feels like God might owe me more than what he's given me, which I think is a really common trapped to fall into in a lot of ways. Um, so maybe not theologically, but sort of more subtly. I get bent out of shape because I wanted a sunny day and it rained. God, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Or I'm sick and I want to be better and you're not bringing healing as quickly as I want. God, what's wrong with you? you know, that, that kind of attitude in our hearts is what I think this undermines. Lord, I'm your servant. You're in charge.
0: I think that this text also can expose false gods that we have in our lives if 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 you're seeking recognition or mm-hmm. approval or a, an attaboy, a pat on the back from somebody uh, because of something that you've done yeah then that that's that's a god that needs to be dealt with and mm-hmm. put down and it's so prevalent in church i mean I, i'm talking personally here where you feel like a lot a lot of what people do in the church is done in relative anonymity mm-hmm. and sometimes there's this sinful desire to have people notice mm-hmm. so that we can be properly thanked and yeah this uh text is saying Mm-mm, yeah let go let go of that yeah and it's so freeing when you do
1: let go of that yeah and you just serve to serve god right. and you just serve because he served you first and you love because he loved you first and it's no longer about any kind of keeping score right. It's that, that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so, uh, as we think about repentance here, this is undercutting some sins in our lives that really do rob us of joy, because we're we're keeping score, mm-hmm. uh, we're trying to impress, um, we're we're trying to, or like I was getting at before, we we've got this sense that God, you owe me more than what you've given me, and that just undercuts our joy. And so, um, very healthy, I think, to. To spend some time meditate on this and get back to that place of saying, "God, I'm an unworthy servant. Right. All all I've done was only my duty, and I haven't even done that very well."
0: And then we really are like the sheep in Matthew 25, mm-hmm. or is it Matthew 18? 25. Matthew yeah, 25, yeah. where at the end of the day, we we have to ask, when when did we see you hungry, thirsty? We you know all of mm-hmm. these acts of righteousness were being done. Yeah apart from our even being aware of it. right, And that's true servanthood. That's true worship of your life yeah. when your good works are being done almost, and you're oblivious to them. You know, as you
1: say that, what strikes me is that, that that's an embracing of your identity. Mm-hmm. That's what results in that, right? I didn't even notice I was doing that because it's just who I am. Right. And... What this parable is is addressing in us is the tendency for us as servants to think that we're actually a little bit more master than we are, yeah. and so it it in a, again, in a healthy way, puts us in our appropriate place in
0: our relationship with God. Where I was going with that was that was my repent <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it it kind of hit upon all all three, but uh, as we close up this podcast for today, and we think about what we're asking God for, uh, I would just like to ask for those blinders that just keep me focused on the task at hand that God has given me by His grace, that He's chosen me to serve Him and be one of His disciples, and just let the service in and of itself be my joy. Yeah. Yeah. Humble me,
1: Lord. Mm -hmm. Humble me, because that's what allows that service to be a joy. Right. When I, when I'm not trying to, to impress, not trying to score any points, just grateful to be able to do what he's given me to do in any particular day.
0: This was a tough text, I I, but it's been good, and I've enjoyed the the conversation. I hope that everybody at home or on the road or wherever this podcast is finding you, that uh, you're able to get something out of this and that it's uh, that you can apply it to your life and make it improve your walk with the Lord today. And uh, with that in mind, I think we will uh, sign off and see you all tomorrow. May God bless the rest of your day.